Yeah, my name is Daryl, Doc Holliday, and my company is Doc Holliday Firearms and Security um, here in South Florida. This, this, is, this is Diversified, diversified. diversified. Game. 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 A podcast giving entrepreneurial advice from a diverse and inclusive perspective with Kelly. He may agree, he may oppose, and it's more than just race, it's about, you know, ideas. So, let the game begin. Hey, it's Kellen. And today, man, if you guys don't get ready, maybe it's for security. Maybe it's for a new career. My guest, Daryl Holiday, a.k.a. Doc Holiday, South Florida's favorite CCW instructor, need your unarmed guard card. Even if you need your armed guard card, he knows connections can get you connected I have him, and he's going to give us the game on how he got into the business of teaching folks of all likes. Doesn't matter what you look like, what your budget is, as long as you have, you know, the filing fees and the money for him. Doesn't matter what your budget is. He can help you get your concealed handgun license. That's what his company is about. Security is what he is known for. Doc, how you doing today? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. And yourself? Awesome. I'm awesome. Awesome. And I'm awesome because, you know, through companies like yours, I feel more secure. I feel like if I do run into one of these crazy Florida folks that we always see on the news when you're not in Florida, um, I will know how to stand my ground and defuse and and get around the situation so I can come back to my family. I got to know, how did you get into this business? Well, actually, I got to contribute that to my to my little baby brother. Um, he's actually a firearm instructor as well. We went through the same course. But however, I was a correction officer back in the 1980s, the late 80s, early 90s, and got out of that field and started doing Department of Children and Families here in South Florida. Then one day he came up and said he wanted to become a firearm instructor. Actually, I purchased him his first firearm back when he was 19 years old. He um, actually did a class at Pim McClellan. He was teaching, like me being very sarcastic because of that sibling rivalry. Um, you know, like, yeah, you don't know nothing about firearms. And I actually went to a class and I was very impressed, very impressed, you know, that he expanded his knowledge. He really um, got into the craft of, of firearms, the in and outs, the workings when it came to conceal, carry. And so, you know, he was like, well, Daryl, you know, you can do this. You was in corrections. You handled firearms before. Why don't you think about doing this as a, as a, as a little side business. Um, that way you can be able to help people and teach people. At that time, I had a friend that was attacked by her ex-boyfriend. He stalked her, um, started, started following her, started sending her messages. She moved down here from New York, actually, and he followed her down here. And one night at her and her son was coming in, it was not his child, but her and her son was coming in to, um, from eating dinner and he jumped out of the bushes at her apartment complex, beat her up pretty badly. Um, so at that point, you know, that really encouraged me to start helping more people with the domestic violence, learning how to protect themselves, learning how to defend themselves, not saying that anything would have happened or she would have been able to um, draw her firearm. But however, at least I know I'm in a position where I could give a lot of people, males and females, the opportunity to protect themselves when it comes to somebody trying to harm or hurt them or their families. Wow. So you really did this with a mission. I mean, this was you're going for sainthood on this one. 
to, to show people how to protect themselves and the people yes. around them. Um, you know, did you find that to, to get to where you are now, what barriers are there that maybe would stop other black folks who would say, man, I want to do this, but do they put any credit limitations or anything on your record where you, if you have this, you can't do this? Um, just because I want to know why more of us have not sought out to, you know, be masters in this field. I think one reason um, is because a lot of people don't understand that firearms is serious. Um, just like the video I put up on my Facebook page about the young lady that went to the fire, fire range and she was just shooting all over the place and have no understanding. I've had several women come to me and say they want to become firearms instructor. I steered them on their path to become firearms instructors. Now they are. I had one lady even tell me, say, hey, you know, I, I really didn't think it was going to be this in depth because if you don't have the passion for it, that's the whole key. Not just the passion of shooting a gun because basically anybody can shoot a gun, but the passion of helping others, training them, teaching them, going over the, and beyond learning your craft, learning, just like any, any business or any personal thing that you do, you know, learning, you're, you're, you're mastering what you do. So, and yes, so as far as the hurdles, yes, there are hurdles, you know, first of all, you got to get used to the firearms. Second of all, what are your passions? Why, why are you doing this? You know, I do it because I feel I'm trying to help people, you know, especially ladies in general. I have two daughters myself. Um, I have one daughter that loves to go shooting with her dad, <laughs> but she don't like firearms. Get that. <laughs> then I have yeah. another daughter that that wants to go, but she's afraid. So I'm working with her to get her out of that shell um, of firearms. So, you know, it's just, just how you approach it, you know. And as far as the credits and everything, um, we don't get a whole lot of credit, you know, uh, especially in, in our community. Um, from, from, from several other people, the ones that does do embrace us, you know, really willing to show us the ropes. Even our own, um, in, in the African-American community, I know um, the, uh, my sister keeper, Michelle Teague, she did a Zoom presentation this weekend talking about we need to stop bashing, you know, in, in our community because we are a small part of the puzzle when it comes to firearm training and the community of firearms in the Black community. And, and how far away do you think we are in this country? You know, I know you even can show, you know, kids eight of safety. Could you see that being something that schools, whether they be private or public, talk about? Because a lot of, you know, stuff that happens wrong with guns is people playing with them. But if right. folks were able to be taught, hey, this trigger is real and you know, parents, here's a dummy bullet, you know, you put in there, um, unless you're Rambo or something and really think you got smoke coming and you don't have any time to, you know, pop that thing out. But how far do you think we are where community centers even will allow someone like you to come in and not be looked at as a, a bad guy or somebody who, well, we're talking about guns, but the truth of the matter is in this country for a long time, we've had more guns than people, they've said at least. And right. so shouldn't we know how to deal with them? I mean, could you see that being anywhere in the near, you know, five months to five years of someone saying, yes, we're going to allow this to happen? Well, I, I believe that it is a possibility. But right now, the mindset with the pushing of gun control, 
um, with the pushing of legislatures coming in and wanting to take all the guns away, not training, because let's get it. In our community, the black community, we don't teach our children gun control. The only time we teach them gun control is telling them don't touch that gun. You know what I mean? And matter of fact, my father passed about, you know, three years ago. And when we was cleaning up his room, we lifted up the carpet and that was his um, 38 special underneath. And then he had a shotgun in the closet, you know, and I'm like, we, you know, we knew he had it, but we thought he got rid of those things years ago because we never seen them. But that was his way of gun control. Now, as far as in the communities, I know my brother, myself, I have gone into some private uh, classroom settings. Um, public classrooms right now is is trying to shy away from that gun experience type deal because of what has happened in Stroman Douglas here in South Florida or in other parts of the country that's dealing with guns and children. But my thing of it is, if we can get to our children and not necessarily teach how to use a gun, but teach how to pro appropriately respect the firearm, you know what I mean? Show them if they encounter a firearm, because you might not have one in your house, but you definitely down the street or a friend or a neighbor may have one in their house. So I definitely, do believe that, that. And so as far as the near future, it's going to take some time. I, I, I can't put a date on it. I don't see anything in the next couple of years, to be honest with you, where it will open up. Now, in, now, I remember when I was in school and some odd years ago, you know, we had classes, you know, through the um, horticulture and everything that we had gun classes where we would come in and shoot pellets, pellet guns and stuff like that. But quickly they took that out of schools. You know what I mean? Wow. Well, and, you know, that you said there are some private schools that have allowed this. And I don't want their name to be out there because, you know, it, it's not good PR for them. But right. what our community has to also know is there are churches that have gun clubs. You may not go to them. You may not know of them, but I've been a part of them. And I'm like, whoa, you know, and I'm, I'm the only one who, who looks like me there. But I went because I have a similar interest and we can talk scripture doing, you know, almost anything. Yes. And, and there's nothing wrong with it. So. Are there other, have you seen that too? Like even churches now, that get together and have you found any black ones? That's, that's ironic because actually I'm a preacher. Uh, my wife and I, we've pastored. And when I announced that I was coming out and started doing the firearms, it was for the churches. Um, believe it or not, a lot of pastors shunned me. You know, it was like, how can you be a New Testament preacher talking about guns? And, you know, it kind of wavered me a little bit. Because I'm like, okay, am I being carnal minded? Am I being spiritual minded? Um, where do I need to go with this? And I talked with a pastor right up here, matter of fact, in the Palm Beach area named Pastor Roy McFadden. And he sat me down. He said, he said, he said, he said, Pastor Holiday, let me tell you something. He said, God taught the children of Israel how to fight. Mm -hmm. He said, Joshua was the freedom fighter. Moses was the deliverer, but Joshua was the freedom fighter. And if he did not teach them how to fight, they would have been ran over. Even I looked it up on my YouTube page. There is a post that I put up um, about how many times God told the children of Israel to take up arms to protect themselves. So, yes, um, I can see that in the churches because I even have pastors that call me into their church, especially when the um, shooting happened over here, Storm and Douglas, to teach their children how to um, actually how to handle appropriately firearms, 
um, how to, if they encounter one, what to do, what not to do, and have sat and did concealed classes with several of the parishioners in those churches, in the black churches. So it's becoming known, and then by me being a preacher, you know, of course, they look at me and say, well, if he could do it, then I can do it. You know what I mean? And that's the kickback I'm getting now that everybody's saying, you know, this guy is really making an impact, you know, and I'm blessed for that, very humble, um, that people view me that way. But, you know, I just started out simple, just wanting to help a friend, and it turned into something else. And I'm being funny when I say this, people, because I want you to take it, you know, and be like, oh, see, I knew. There, there was a group online, like the Hung Jing Moon, the uh, World Peace and like Unification Church, and they would all hold to the ARs, and they would have their crowns. I don't know if you saw that, but that's mm -hmm. not what we're talking about. But if you were, you would go viral if you were preaching and you had your gun in the pulpit, or if you were talking about, you know, we're going to protect our people with that same story. Folks would then call you some type of radical. The radical black pastor of the Malcolm X, you know, uh, cult, uh, you know, it, it, it was just, but, but what are your, what does your congregation think? And do you guys have your own, you know, self-defense club or do you talk about that at the church? We do. Um, we talk about it um, here and there just to let people know that there's a point in life where you're going to have to take a stance and protect yourself, especially now in the times that we're in. Club where people meet up, you know, so often and talk about scripture, but also maybe go to the rain. Um, not necessarily a, a, a set fellowship, like a group of us will get together and say, Hey, you know, what are you doing this weekend or what you're doing later on? You would like to go shooting and we'll get together and we'll share, share some word and then we'll shoot, you know, while we're shooting. Um, I think it is a facet to where we can come together in a safe place, you know, and then don't have to worry about being viewed at as holy thumpers or high rollers. You know, when it comes to that, and we also shooting, you know, we don't have like church shirts on and stuff like that, but, <laughs> you know, but um, just to a point to where we can just enjoy life, you know, and, and, and do this. Yeah. Yeah. Now you're not trying to make the news a whole bunch of black folk uh, with, with, you know, shooting with, um, you know, Jesus saved me. Um, <laughs> but, you know, some, some <laughs> Now, you know, guns and black folk, I mean, my grandmother had a firearm. She still do got a firearm. Uh -huh. um, and, you know, when you're talking about your father and he had his hidden, uh, th that can be a great thing until you find a firearm and don't know what to do with it. How important is it and at what age do you think um, parents should, you know, get their kids schooled with the game on how to handle a firearm? Now, I've taught um, children as young as six years old. Well, no, seven years old. Um, how And I posted on my Instagram page um, as well. I know when I first um, posted that, you know, I'm teaching children how to utilize firearms. Of course, you know, I had some backlash. Um, but however, I reminded them just in 2019, there was a shooting that happened down in the homestead area where three kids, three friends, was at one of the children's houses. He found the father's gun or he had the father's gun. One bullet killed two kids. One, one kid shot it. It went through one and hit the other. Um, 
in my trainings with children, I teach them if you ever encounter a firearm, because a lot of parents say, well, I don't have to worry about that because I don't have a firearm. But again, like I said, they could go to a relative's home. They go to a parent's, I mean, a grandparent's home, you know, and probably encounter one. What to do, what not to do. What do you do when you see a firearm? I even go as far as teaching them with automatics and revolvers how to disga- uh, clear that firearm, safely clear, put the safety on, how to drop the magazine, as well as racking the chamber, you know, racking it out. And with um, revolvers, how to push the button, because like I said, most guns are universal anyway, you know, uh, and how to push the button and drop, hit that rod and drop those bullets out of the chamber you know, from that cylinder. So yes, I I find that very important because people in our demographic try to shun our children away. Like I say, gun control in the black community was don't you touch that gun. (laughs) You know what I mean? Um, But however, in other ethnic groups or other groups, um, they quickly, when when they're out of the womb to they in the tomb, they're teaching their children how to use and fire firearms and, and rewarding them openly when they do make perfect shots or perfect hits, you know, with us, we kind of afraid. So I just glad that people allow me, um, allow me the opportunity to teach their children, you know, and now I'm looking at other firearm instructors doing the same thing as well. They, they need to know the firearm training the same way with, you know, sex ed. So, I mean, maybe you have a joint class you can do. Uh, inside the church, you really want to ruffle some feathers because, you know, folks will say, hey, just don't have sex. But, for you know, I remember coming up certain homes, hey, we ain't even going to put them condoms. Just don't have it. And you see how many, you know, baby mamas we continue to have because folks were not, they weren't Education. trained. Yeah. Yeah. Education is now, now, to teach how to shoot and, and to train someone, you know, how to have their concealed carry, which went up a lot during COVID, I was told by the state, um, but also the uh, unarmed guard part, what inspired you to go that route to, you know, train for that? Well, with that nature, basically why I got into that is because um, there are a lot of people that needed jobs. And I know there's a lot of security companies out there that are hiring, but if somebody's not properly trained, they cannot get hired. So with my um, corrections, um, dealing with secure security and, and, and confinement, I was able to utilize that during my, when I applied for the, secu- for the DI license, that's the, the security instructor's license. And now I'm, I'm in, in process of going to get my K license, which allows me to teach the armed security as well. And so with the unarmed security, it was just a, just a means to help people find jobs, ladies and guys, to help them find jobs. So, you know, make a stronger ec- um, economic base in their own households. If you guys hear everything that he is saying, it's about solving a problem for somebody else, which is the base, the foundation of any business. If you're not solving a problem, you don't have a business. You might have a great idea, but you're not solving a problem. How much money is in security? Because some folks will say, you know what, I want to be a guard, but I'm still going to be broke. And, or I want to have a security company, but even after I you know, put everything in for the insurance and you know, get all the uniforms, how much money could I be looking at? Is it a six-figure flip, a seven-figure flip to have your own company 
And also, if you just wanted to work for somebody, where is the money when somebody does call you and say, I want to get that guard card? What, what are you seeing on the market? Um, well, it, it's, it's just like any business. You know, you got to have be able to look at what, what you're going to make, what you're going to lose. Um, you have to average out. The average business lasts five years um, before they fold or before they break even or before they break ahead. It all just depends on how much work you put into it. Um, will you make a lot of money the first year? Probably not. Um, the average average security guard makes about $15. Unarmed security guard makes about $15 an hour, between $12 and $15 an hour. And if you're armed, you can make anywhere between $14 and $20 an hour, depending on the detail. You know, some of your some of your high-end security uh, companies like Wacken Hut or G4S or something like that, they make a little more money depending on your years of experience. So, um, but like I said, as far as trying to put extra income in your pocket to help you meet ends, great. You know, especially unarmed, you're sitting there because all you're doing is really securing and observing. You're not intervening, but you do have a lot of these, um, like at Walmart or some of these other places that they're just supposed to be securing and observing, but they get involved and get in, and intervene where they thinking they have to um, stop a person. Um, <laughs> you know, I remember a story my brother told me where at Walmart right there in Miami Gardens, you know, some late some ladies was out shop shoplifting, and the security guard ran out after them to stop them. Next thing you know, he's being pummeled by those ladies and their boyfriends. You know, at the time. You know, so you have to be careful because your duty is to observe what he should have did. You know, he could have stopped them at the door or whatever. But however, what he should have did was got their got their descriptions, find out what car they was going to get the stripping of the car, you know, write the tag number down, you know, take pictures. You know, those are the type of things that you as an unarmed security officer, you're supposed to do or you should do. or That's what I teach them to do. So, so one of my my listeners, close uh, friend. He, he had wanted me to ask, if you get your security in Florida, can you then also opt to be a bodyguard? Because he's getting into bodyguarding and, you know, he wants to be a bodyguard in all, you know, 50 states, if possible, because that's just, you know, where he wants to go. Is, is, is that If they go through you, can they be a bodyguard or do, will they need more certification? They will probably need a little more certification because they can do bodyguarding themselves because I've been um, actually hired as bodyguards. But however, if something happens to where you have to put yourself in a situation, one, do you have insurance? You know, because if you intervene on the behalf of your customers, two, are you willing to take a bullet or take a punch for your customers? Mm -hmm. You know, those are some things you have to think about and, and be upfront and honest. Was I'm willing to do that? No, <laughs> you know, myself personally, you know, because um, I even was offered to do a job at the at the Black Film Festival um, a couple of years ago before COVID and whatever. And she wanted the lady that wanted to hire me only wanted to pay me fifteen dollars as an armed security officer. And I told her no. Because I have several friends in the police department, when they do off-duty work like that, they're making anywhere from $60 to $70. Now, I know I'm not an off-duty police officer, but I do have that background 
as well as I told her, I said, well, I will do your, your, your detail for $40 an hour. And she thought that was a bit much. And I'm like, well, you in Wynwood, you in the Miami area, you know, here's the, uh, not putting a stigmatism on them, but you have your rappers, you have the entertainment persons, you know, and anything can jump off at any time. Am I willing to risk my life, you know, for that? And I declined her, you know, not for $15 an hour. You know, I told her I'm sorry. And then you want, Definitely me, to, not. And you want me to carry my firearm at the same time. So I have to make sure I have, you know, I have $3 million worth of insurance on me. But however, you know, no amount of money is going to matter to my wife if I don't come home safe. So definitely, and I and I've heard I've heard the stories. You know, some of those guys in Miami, they just want to have the the look. They just want to look the 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 part. Is it required that a security guard armed have all his firearm and his you know bulletproof vest with no shirt? Is it required that they have their gun um, open, or can they conceal it, especially if they have their CCW as an armed, you know, guard? Well, they can have their CCW. Um, they can't use um, CCWs for security duty. That's a misconception. I'm on the um, Zoom. That's a misconception that a lot of people think they can use their CCW to do security officer work. No, not in the state of Florida, and I don't think anywhere else. Because as a concealed carry license holder, that's just it. You're carrying your firearm concealed. You need to go to extra steps to become an armed or unarmed security because even the book tells you you can only travel within two miles or three miles of your duty where you're working at, you know, as an armed um, security officer. So, no, you have to. And, and when I worked special details, I do carry concealed. You know, I have a jacket on. Um, looking more professional, and I do have my um, my gun on me, my firearm on me. But however, I also have my not conceals, but I have my license for security on me as well. Because if I get stopped or whatever, that oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Let me just close the door right quick. Uh -huh. <laughs> they must have got spooked somehow. But as a <laughs> as a um, security officer, armed security officer. Um, you have to understand that that CCW is not going to protect you. Okay, you have to take the extra steps. And as far as bodyguarding, um, you have to really, like I said, you have to look at all the facets, the insurance, because if you even as a bouncer at a club, you know, something happens, you have to put a ruly person out of the club, and he fall trip hits his head, and you had nothing to do with that, but you did put your hands on him to escort him out. His family could come back and sue you. And it has happened. It has happened. All the time. Yes. All the time. You know, because yes. if, if you're going to work in those type of environments, there's going to be different type of problems. But you are saying that security can put a shirt on and can conceal their, their weapon under a jacket. They don't have to be out there with the, you know, mini Uzi, mini Draco, showing everybody in Miami how you know, fly, they are at least to themselves, but. Right, right. And and okay. sometimes, you know, that's that's all for show and I understand that, but I, I, I'm this type of person in my wisdom in my older years, I'd rather have an element of surprise than somebody surprising me. Definitely, definitely. You you, you, you don't have to, you know, be, be flaunting. Um, and what's crazy is for that amount of money, 
if you do have to use your weapon, or even if you have to use your fist as a weapon in court, you're going to say it wasn't worth that money. It was not worth, you know, punching, pushing. So I definitely, I definitely get, get that. Now, with, with all the success that you're having, especially with the COVID times and the best is yet to come, what is a community give back that you are doing or that you plan to do in the future? Um, I, I have different classes. I know a partner of mine teaming up. Um, he's another firearms instructor, Charles of um, Champion Defense, Champion Custom Firearms. And he's actually a Stop the Bleed. We're promoting Stop the Bleed classes. Um, I tell everybody with a firearm, get your CPR license. You know, these are other things that you have, especially if you look at, because most people don't die because they've been shot. The majority of people die because nobody knew how to stop them from bleeding out. So as a community give back, we're looking at hosting a lot of the um, Stop the Bleed classes, um, bringing some other um, professionals in, medical professionals in to teach CPR, you know, that are licensed to teach CPR and things of that nature. Do some things with children, um, not necessarily firearm related, but just simple medical survival related um, aspects of, of dealing with firearms or getting shot because and then tourniquets you know I tell people you need to have tourniquets in your car you need to keep the first aid kit in your car I remember when my parents way back in the day you know when they sold your car you it came with the first aid kit you know as well as a, a spare tire now you don't even get a spare tire because I just got a Kia 2002 2020 Kia and it don't even have a spare tire I was shocked when I first got a flat tire and I was pissed Cause I'm looking to change my tire and there's no tire. Gosh. So it's, it's like, wow, check it, check your trunk. <laughs> check your trunk. I, I bought a 2020 last year too. And I tell you 10 miles coming down the road, it, um, it popped and you know, they replaced it. Mazda was good to replace it, but I went to that back tire. If I would have, I had my kids too. If I would have found no spare tire, that whole car would have came back. <laughs> for real that now this is this is good game and good information and if you guys are in the south florida area even if you're in north florida and you say you know what i've been looking for somebody who has a great spirit i will vouch for doc you know his spirit is good it's in the right place Thank to you. work with you you know for all we know soon he'll be teaching cpr too i gotta update my cpr um, you, you reminded me when, when I'm saying that. So I'm, uh, now that you're just down the street, and we could have did this in person, you know. Um, I know you're you're, you're busy, but um, whenever you want to do round two, I'm I'm right here, you know, just down the street from you. Okay. And and I want the people to get the game. You want to leave the people with anything and let them know how to get in contact with you as well. Yeah, actually, I have my card, and I'm gonna put it up on the screen. Here's my card. And these are my all social media facets. I'm at Doc Hol on Facebook. I'm at Doc Holiday ENT. Instagram, I'm at Doc Holiday 69. And on um, YouTube, I'm at Daryl Doc Holiday. And here's my number, 954-892-3969. Again, 954-892-3969. So the quickest way to probably get in contact with me is to go ahead and call me on that number. Um, or text me, you know, it's my business number. So um, I'm up. You'd be amazed. I have people texting me up to 11 o'clock at night, 
you know, wanting to see how to secure classes. And 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 I'm I'm, I'm thankful that God has put me in a position to help others, um, and and even help another. I remember um, John Paul Getty had used to talk about. It says, you know, I'd rather have a uh, hundred people and use one percent of them than a hundred percent of myself. So the word of mouth is everybody getting my business out for me, helping me doing that instead of me being that megahorn and and trying to shout to the rooftops, <laughs> you know. So platforms yeah, like this, social media has really helped me um, gain. And like I say, I put a lot of my um, people, people say, why are you always taking pictures and videos? Well, as a firearm instructor, as I said, I have to also cover me. So when I take pictures and videos, just in case I'm called in the court because somebody done fire off a weapon the wrong way, when the judge called him, called me in, I can show them, well, judge, I taught them this is the proper way, how to hold a pistol, how to hold a firearm, how to shoot, how to aim, so it won't be any discrepancies where I will get discredited. It's always about saving myself, too. Definitely. I, I love this, and you guys have got the game. The link for Doc will be in the description box, so make sure you tap in, tune in into all his social media. You know, um, I thank y'all. Be blessed. Thanks for getting in the game and listening to the Diversified Game Podcast with Kellen, the number one show pairing entrepreneurship with diverse and inclusive perspectives like wine and cheese, bagel and locks, fish and grits. Be sure to visit DiversifiedGame.com for all the good stuff. Join in the conversation and discover more content.